0: Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here to the left of me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, victor adams john
1: how's it going Yay, yeah why? he's here Wow. perfect attendance why did i get the applause i don't know but here you i go. don't know give that guy a snack that's right coffee um, maybe it's good to see good you bit. man yeah good you doing all right i'm doing good just you know busy busy week busy weekend just following up but it, yeah. glad to be here
0: yeah it was a busy weekend man. i went to minneapolis and, and got to spend time with uh a bunch of awesome guys at a parish up there it was freezing cold it what was, was a, negative 14 was um oh my gosh you asked me that and now i'm embarrassed because <laughs> i can't remember off the top of my head right now oh my gosh i've looked at four today so um sorry i set you up I, yeah i know now you're gonna make me look bad these guys <laughs> yeah. will be like "When well, is it's good even remember us yeah. i do it was a good group of guys up there and um, it was Our Lady of Peace. That's Peace. what it was. Peace. Our Lady I, of I Peace knew it would come to you. So it's uh, yeah, it was right by this lake, man. It was frozen over. I mean, there were people out there like ice fishing and skating and playing it's, hockey that's, and it's stuff. Just a
1: different culture from us. Yeah, we just don't like when it's cold and frozen. We, we like we hide inside. Yeah, and that's yeah.
0: Uh, there was a guy riding like a fat tire bike yeah. on ice and snow. At like seven o'clock when it was dark and God, it was like God negative fourteen. Them. God bless them. And I just like yeah. my body hurt looking at it. I, know. <laughs> like,
1: I, I turned the heat up a little well, warmer in the car as I passed. Well, you know, the I'm from the tropics, so anything yeah. is just like thirty degrees. No, below, but it was,
0: it was a beautiful trip. It was yeah. it was an up and back. So three thirty in the morning catching the flight at five. You know, Friday and then up at three thirty again mm-hmm. and catching the flight back six at, on Saturday. But it was a great time. The Lord blessed it, and uh, actually local focus missionary um, here. Um, Max, his dad, yeah, okay. they're from there and he drove an hour and a half up to the parish and, awesome. and listened to us. So Tim, shout out to you. Hey, buddy, thanks for coming. And speaking of all of this, man, I want to just talk again about parish missions. This is where my heart's at. And this is where I think the Lord is really having us do some unique work, go into these parishes and starting men's groups. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we've got now, I think two a month, all the way through April that we've booked now to go do this, specifically to go and to give the Restored Pierce Mission, which we're talking to telling my story, first of all, so we're showing people it's possible for Jesus to change your life if you open up to it and you're, you're, you know, um, allow it to happen. Then uh, the second part is restoring your identity and the third part is on a relationship, a personal relationship with them, the role that plays in our life. So we give that mission, and then we spend the time, you know, while we're there, training leaders to lead men to start vibrant men's groups that change the parish, so that there's lasting change. After I'm I've come and gone, there's still something happening there. Men need more than just a talk or a blow through town, right? They need something, some structure that they can go into and they can be there together. And the most important part. Is training the men to lead that, so and that's what we're doing. So
1: it's what we're kind of doing is giving like a meat and three, like you know, a substantial portion of a meal of faith, yeah, rather than a fruit snack, you know? right? Nothing wrong with that, right. that's good sometimes for the journey, but but you need something sustenance to kind of keep you going to kind of realize what the next steps I can do and participate with,
0: sure. So, and the and the important thing here too is training those leaders because oftentimes when things come to a parish or you want to change something or you start a group mm-hmm. it falls on the pastor right well the pastor's doing eight million other things well, they're of the whole diocese, right well, I mean, the, other the whole parish, parish. Yeah.
1: yeah so that, i mean that's a lot going the on.
0: dre is is busy with running all kind of different formation you know programs and things like that so it's really helpful to have men trained up to do this so Like we do at our parish, we run it. You know, Father Mm -hmm. Gio comes and helps, Father Gallagher comes and helps on the worship nights, but other than us, we're running the thing. Right. And and it's and we've been able to sustain it for six years and have guys come and grow and and grow into disciples. And that's what it's all about. So that's what we're doing. If that sounds like something you want, or you're a guy that has on your heart or you're feeling like God calling you to lead other men, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid of that. You know, it's very easy to say, Well, I don't have enough information, or I don't know the scriptures, or I don't know the faith well enough. Look, if God's calling you to lead, there's plenty of people in the Bible, you're listening to a guy right now that didn't feel equipped, and look what the Lord's been able to do with it. So a lot of times what it is is your yes, and then he sends people like us to be able to help you grow in that. So if you're feeling that, don't be afraid of it, and invite us to your parish, talk to your pastor, talk to your DRE, and let's get men's groups going in these parishes all over the country that are built on uh, you know, authenticity in a place where men can be real, where they can go and take off the mask and grow in their faith with other guys that are wanting to do the same thing. That's what we're doing. So if you're interested in that at all, go to book me uh, on my, just again, the Pew website. It's book me or events up there or, or book John, something like that. But it's at the top. You go there and at the very bottom of the page, you'll see a place where you can fill out a form and Amy or I'll get back with you and we'll set up a trip to come to your your parish and help you with that. Uh, the other thing, Victor, I want to talk about real quick is the studio, right? Mm-hmm. So I was over there today. You know, obviously I live there, so I'm there every day when right. I'm not somewhere else. But uh, I was looking out the window, watching them, and man, they're they're almost done framing the thing up. So pretty soon, electrical and and drywall and all that, and roofing, and and the studio's done.
1: I I know she didn't call me when the foundation was poured because you didn't want me to put my initials in. That's it. right. So you f- forgot to tell. I didn't about put anything that. in it. I wanted
0: it <laughs> clean and ready to go. But no, they're they're getting really close, man. I'm getting excited because this studio is going to open up a lot of avenues for us. One, to get the message of what we're doing out there more people. We're going to take this the studio and grow our YouTube channel and start doing more things outside of the podcast, live Q&As, um, inter, more interviews, bringing people in uh, to do in-studio interviews, all that. But the, pod, the podcast is going to go from just audio to video and audio. So... There's just so much we're going to do. Deacon Jeff and I have got projects we're talking about doing that we'll be able to do in there now. And we'll be able to do just professional training videos for these leaders. Because that's the thing in these men's groups, we're not just coming in and, and staying a day and leaving you. There is going to be an opportunity for you to join the community of leaders that are leading groups around the country. And we're going to have videos that continue to answer questions that you guys continue to run into. And so there's going to be ongoing support in this studio. A big part of that is going to be able to produce those. So guys, Angel and I have funded the the studio because obviously it's built onto our house. But the biggest portion now is going to be equipping it. That's very expensive. It could be up to $20,000. I'm getting a list of all the equipment from Matt Frad's guy, Neil, uh, that's a friend of mine, uh, to set all this up. And it's very, very expensive. So... Guys, we're looking for help with that. Um, if anything that we've done has helped you or you feel blessed by it or you're excited to help us take all this to the next level, then you can go to donorbox.org um, slash pew and you can donate there. You can do a one-time, a monthly, an annual. There's choices there. Or you can put in a custom amount. But over the last few days, we've received almost $1,000 from just a couple of people that said, I want to help with it. Right? I want to help. And so we're just asking, you know, humbly, putting our hat in our hand and saying, hey, help us do this so we can continue to deliver great content. We can change up some of the things we're doing, uh, not from the podcast, but just some different angles and ways of going about getting this message out there that'll help uh, expand this and get more people seeing what we're doing so we can bring more people to the Lord. That's the ultimate goal. So if you're interested in doing that, again, you can go to donorbox.org pew. All right, Victor, so today... I'm excited because for a while now, I've been wanting to get into a, a three-part series. Um, you know, There's a lot of guys when I'm on the road or just that email in, they're always asking like, man, I, I'm listening to your podcast, I stumbled upon it, or I'm a fallen away Catholic and I'm trying to get back in my faith. But the one thing I really don't understand is how do I become a disciple, right? Everybody says you need to be a disciple of Jesus, but but how does that happen and what's the process And and what does it take and so, you know, a lot of times people say, well, I give my life to Christ. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's more of a Protestant saying, you know, in regards of of that than Catholic. But um, but what they really mean is how do I become a disciple? And it's very easy to overcomplicate that answer. I mean, there are entire books dedicated to trying to answer that question. I mean, massive, you know, page-filled novels of, of what it means to be a disciple. Mm-hmm. But there's not a lot of things... To talk about just what's the process of becoming, like how do I easily, like a a short three-step process, for instance, of becoming a disciple. And like a lot of things in life, uh, the answer is often more simple than what we try to think or make. You know, a a lot of times we try to outthink or outdo Jesus in in making disciples or evangelizing. And it's like, he's the greatest evangelist that ever lived. Why would we not just follow his way? So... Today, that's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a three-part series starting today on this very question and look at what Jesus had to say about it, you know, about becoming and staying a disciple. And so, I mean, he gives us a plan, And, and this was in the narrow road because it was the daily readings on January 10th of this month, and this is what really started this process of answering this question in my head, you know, that so many people have asked. But the reading from Mark 1, 14 through 20, Jesus really gives us an answer to this, And so it starts off by saying, now after John was arrested, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And passing along by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, the brother of Simon, casting a net in the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you you fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending the nets. And immediately he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and followed him. So basically we can, we can see a couple things there. Three things that Jesus really says to, one, his message to everyone as he begins his ministry is repent and believe in the gospel. But then those disciples that he runs up on immediately follow Right? So three things here, which is going to start this series. you got repentance, right? We have to repent. That's the first thing we have to do to start becoming a disciple of Jesus. Two, we have to believe. That's what he said, repent and believe. And three, when he went to those disciples, he said, follow. Those are the three steps that Jesus has laid out in front of us to, to become a disciple of his, to start to follow him and change our lives. So that's what we're going to talk about today, Victor, and we're going to focus specifically on part one today, Repentance.
1: Well, what you're talking about also is this: is it sounds simple, but it's not easy because right. the majority of us are very selfish-driven individuals. Mm-hmm. And so when it comes to, to re- give ourselves to God or give ourselves to Christ, for us that whole thing is like, what you mean, like 80% or 50-50? Sure. Because, <laughs> 50, 50, you know, I mean, there's some things I still want to do. We talked about this before, but it's 100%. It means like everything that I thought was important to me, is not important anymore, because the importance now is following Christ. That becomes the importance. Because once you like lay everything that you thought was important, and you see in the light of, of how insignificant it is to what the actual glory is waiting for you, you're going, wow. Now I realize what's important in my life. Sure, well,
0: and I mean the thing is we've all been in those situations in our life where we just, we're not proud of who we are. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we, we started off doing things that you know, didn't seem bad at first or, or we're just, you know, we got astray and walked Ease, off the path into a little sin. bit. Yeah. Right. We did a lot of easing
1: into sin. And then
0: right. we wind up finding ourselves very far away from God. And a lot of times, you know, by that point we're we're prideful, we're egotistical, mm-hmm. we're, we're, um, we don't want to feel the shame so we don't want to turn. And, and we become very hard to, to deal with, you know, as far as individuals, we want to repent. Right. right? But a lot of times that ego and that pride won't let us, but, this is what repent means. It means to change. It means to turn from. Right. It means to say, like, I'm done with this life. You know, I I don't want to live this, and it's very hard because, like I said, there's a lot of shame, there's a lot of guilt. You know, we've all made mistakes, but really, what repenting is is making that firm choice uh, to be done with whatever it is that's keeping us from the Lord. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard. It is, but no one ever said it was going to be easy. The thing is, most of the times in our life we we realize we come to a point where we realize we can't fix it right we can't change it you know uh, a lot of people have gone to their grave trying if if they're dealing with addictions and things like that but the power to change is through Jesus Christ I mean I could never change myself and all those years 17 years of doing drugs right hard drugs and drinking a lot and all those things and treating my wife terribly and my kids I wasn't a good father even though there were many nights where I laid there saying, I just want to be different, I just want to change, I just want to, I never could. I never could on my own power. Mm -hmm. And this is why we have to repent. Jesus knows that, and he wants to be there for us, and he's the answer. He is our hope. He has mercy, all of these things that he wants to give us, but we have to get past that pridefulness of of saying, you know, "I, I can do it on my own. I can fix this. No, 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 I will, and I'm worried about being embarrassed or people finding out. We just have to give it to the Lord, and it's hard. Easier, it's it's easier said than done. But when we get to that point, that's what we have to do. And it, it means making that choice of I'm done with the world and its desires for me, and all the things that i bought into. Whatever it is that you may be struggling in your life, or that caused you to walk away from the church, or if you haven't ever been in the church or, or any part of faith, it's making that choice that now I have to I have to get involved, right? I have to let the Lord into my life. So, you know. Th- when we are only concerned with our selfish choices, then those lead us to vices, and that's what's so hard to break. But this is that point, and, and you know, some people have to hit rock bottom. Yeah. But others, they're given a grace, right, to be able to just say, I'm done, and to turn and walk away from it. Maybe they see where they're hurting people in their lives, or they finally understand where they're hurting themselves, and and they need to turn and repent. And So what we can't, the thing here about repentance is, a lot of people get it mistaken. They say, well, I'm regretful, right? I'm I'm remorseful, and so I'm repenting. No, repentance is actually an act, an act of the will to say, like, I'm done, I'm turning. That doesn't mean you're never gonna fall or fail again, right? Mm. I can say tomorrow that I'm never gonna be lustful again. Chances are I'm probably gonna be wrong. There's gonna be chances where I fight the temptation of lust in my life and sometimes probably lose to it. So, you know, repentance doesn't mean I'm never gonna make a mistake again. It just means that I'm gonna do everything in my power to make this decision and stick with it and turn firmly and put all my hope in the Lord, right, instead of myself. So the difference here is like with regret, a lot of us regret things we've done in the past. I regret the things I did to my wife and to my kids and to myself through all my struggles in my past. But if we aren't careful, we can get stuck there and beat ourselves down. Like my point earlier, there were so many nights where I was sitting there regretting what I was doing. You know, I do blow all night long, And then sit there and drink 20 beers and then I lie in bed and and regret it and hope to change and wish to change and want to change. But all of a sudden, all I did was sit there in that regret. And Mm -hmm. the next day I got back up and I did the same thing again and then regret and then again and then regret. It's rinse and repeat. So we need to regret the things that we've done wrong in our life. But if we aren't careful, we'll get stuck there and we just beat ourselves down and nothing happens. You know, we, we need to take that action to make sure that we don't do these things again, that we break the cycle. And that's what being repentant is. That's what making our mind up that we're not gonna behave this way anymore and we're gonna give ourselves to the Lord means in our life. And that's why it's the first step to becoming a disciple is because you have to say no to everything else and start saying yes to Jesus.
1: Well, when you regret a lot, guess what? You also become angry. You become angry at yourself. You become distant towards God. You really become destructive in your relationships. And that's the that's the tactic of the enemy. I mean, he's like, hey man, you can do this is all right. And then you got you know, yeah, you know what? I'm justified in doing this. I can do what I want to. And the next thing, after you commit that sin, guess what? Guilt immediately floods your heart, and then you become angry, then you become frustrated, and then guess what? You know, it just it's like a roller coaster of you know of emotions, and and you're unstable for a while until you come back to God, and that's what repentance is all about.
0: Well, and that's what we're longing for, Warren. Those those periods where we're actually being a little vulnerable and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, admitting that we're there, that we're struggling and that we're doing things we don't need to, and that we're in a cycle that we can't get out of, you know, what we're doing is we're honestly admitting that, um, we want to be refreshed, right? Right. Like we're tired of this way of life. And, you know, Peter says this in, in Acts, like in the third chapter of Acts, verse 19, he's given this, you know, one of his first sermons after they've come out of from Pentecost. And he's saying, repent therefore and turn again, that your sins may be blotted out that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that's what we're looking for in our life when we call, when we answer the call to repent. Is we're looking for that presence of the Lord in our life. Now we can look biblically at a lot of things. There's a lot of pe- people in the Bible that repented that messed up. The Old Testament's full of broken people and families, and you know, broken promises and covenants, and right. all those things on our part where we where people go and they repent. Either the Lord sends them in a place to to force their repentance in mm-hmm. some in some cases. But in other cases, it they freely repent. You know, one of the places that I can think of in the New Testament, and the difference between this regret and repentance is really with Peter and and Judas, right? In, in a sense, they both betrayed Jesus. They both denied Jesus, right? Judas obviously traded him in. He he betrayed him physically and just said, "Give me the you know thirty pieces of silver, and I'll give you the Lord." So he he literally sent him to the enemy, to be sent into his passion and all those things. You know, he's predestined to do that, as the mm-hmm. scripture says, the, the one that was predetermined. Now, Peter was told he was going to deny Christ. And he said, no, I'm not. And then he did it shortly thereafter, three times. So they both had regrets, right? Scripture even says that Judas regretted what he had done. And that's why he went and he turned the money back into uh, the Pharisees. But what he did, what he didn't do, was seek the Lord's forgiveness and mercy. Mm-hmm. Instead, he chose to take his own life. He didn't turn and say, "I'm." He said, I, "I regret what I've done," but he didn't make that firm decision to change and to be different. Right to go and beg for the Lord when he was resurrected to give a shot at that resurrection. To go and seek repentance the way that Peter did. Right, Peter went to him, and the Lord allowed for him to come to him and to and to repent three times to ask for that forgiveness the same amount of times that he denied him. That wasn't the first time Peter repented. As soon as he called him off the boat, he said, you know, get away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. That was an act of repentance right there. But the difference here is you can really see the difference between regret and repentance in the behavior of the two. Peter was saved and forgiven because he chose to turn away from, not allow those things to determine his future, but allow Jesus to determine his future. Judas did not, and Judas wound up hanging himself and giving into regret instead of taking that opportunity to repent and put his, his life and his faith and his will and everything else in the Lord.
1: Right. Well, and, and those are two good, like parallel stories of kind of what we need to find ourselves into. And I think most of us obviously want to be a Peter, mm-hmm. you know, when we strive to be like the rock for, for our family and faith And and we stumble from time to time. I mean, that's just the natural course of dealing with the human emotions and human passions and trying to strive to be more at peace with God and and the will. But the thing is, what you're saying is really, really important is that we also have to know when those temptations come to us and also be strong enough to know that we are a disciple and to call an aid for us. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, And
0: the thing is, regret, like I said, you sit in it nothing changes. Mm-hmm. You just feel bad. You beat yourself up. That's that's what you're repeating over and over again. That's not what the Lord wants for you. He wants you, yes, he's disappointed in things you might have done in your life, but he waits for you with forgiveness and mercy. He doesn't care about what you've done. He cares about what you have the ability to do, what he made you for, what your purpose is. And you're never going to find that out until you become a disciple, and you don't become a disciple until you decide to repent. And it's not a one-time thing. Just like conversion we have to repent over and over again. You don't repent once and then you're good, right? Mm-hmm. You do repent from your sinful way of life and turn towards the Lord and hopefully become baptized if you're not or confirmed if you're not. But again, like if you are, repent and you've fallen away is repenting from that life and coming back. But you have to repent every day. I mean, right. when you when you sin, when you do something wrong, there's not one of us that doesn't sin every day, whether it's a venial or a mortal sin. There's something that happens in our lives where we mess up, we judge, we, we gossip, we do all these things there's a chance for repentance every day in our life. You don't just do it once and you're magically free from sin and temptation Mm -hmm. and all that going forward. So we have to remember that our habitual sins and our temptations don't just magically disappear. We have to make up our minds to continue repenting and to have a repentant heart. So for those of you that always want to know well, like, okay, how do we do this? You're talking about it, you've given us examples. How do we do this? What's the first step in repentance? Number one, I believe, is to become vulnerable. You know, admit to yourself that you have issues in your life that you can't fix. You know, we all know where we struggle, but oftentimes we don't want to admit it due to fear or selfish desires to continue what we're doing, Victor. I mean, that was my night. I can't tell you the hell that that is in an addiction to sit there and go, I know I don't need to do this, I don't want to do this, and you wind up doing it anyway. And then you feel horrible, and then you do it again the next day. And then you feel horrible, and it's the same process. It is a living hell. And it could be that way with any sin, whether it's a, a drug addiction or porn or alcohol or, you know behavior you know with mood swings and anger and all Mm -hmm. these things being in a trap of a sin is horrible and so we have to break it by becoming vulnerable half the time we don't admit it we we pat ourselves on the back or we we assure ourselves we can handle it but really nothing happens we have to become vulnerable and give it to the lord two we have to become humble we have to admit that we can't change our life and our situation on our own that's where it is vulnerability and then humbling ourselves i realize i can't help myself and there's one person that can and so i lay myself down prostrate in front of the lord and ask for his help right i mean admit that you need jesus we have to seek him and his will for our life all the time you know there's a quote i have here from pope benedict the um excuse me from uh, saint john climacus and it says to repent is not to look downward at my own shortcomings but upward at god's love it is not to look backward with self-reproach but forward with trustfulness, yeah, trustfulness. It is not. It is to see not what I have failed to be, but but. Why, sorry, I'm just twisting my words up here. <laughs> but what by the grace of God I might yet become, yeah. right? That's what it's talking about. Is that humility? Right. There's to look down and say I need you, and not to look back at my shortcomings, but forward to that trust. Um, another verse here from Second Chronicles seven fourteen, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. This is from the Lord, right? Saying, humble yourselves. This is why it's so important. Pray and seek my face. Quit Mm. seeking your own face, your own will, your own determination in your life, and look to me. So that humility is a big second part. The third part is commit, right? We have to commit. We become vulnerable we become humble. We, we humble ourselves in front of the Lord and admit we need him. And then we commit. We make a firm decision that no matter how hard it is, no matter how tempted we may be to turn back, that you're going to be do your damnedest, basically, to make sure you do not return to your former way of life. Right? It's making that firm disposition. That's what virtue is, mm-hmm. to do the good instead of the evil. That's what we're always calling men into here. So we have to commit to it and stick with it and trust in the Lord. So last one, if you fall, get back up right don't give in to shame call on the virtue of courage and seek reconciliation with the lord and re- renew your repentant heart you know this quote from pope benedict this is exactly what he's saying he says holiness does not consist of not making mistakes or never sinning holiness grows with capacity for conversion repentance willingness to be- to begin in- again and above all with capacity for reconciliation and forgiveness so guys these are the steps You know, admit to yourself what's going on. You know it. You know you got a problem in your life. I don't care what it is. Admit that you have it so you can start to move forward. Two, become humble. Right, Admit that you can't change it yourself. You can't do anything about it. You need God. I needed God. Everyone needs God in their life to get past the sins that they cannot get past. So humble yourself in front of Him. He doesn't care about your mistakes or your failures. He cares about you coming home to him so you can be who he called you to be. Commit to making that decision. Commit to becoming and staying a disciple of Jesus Christ. And then if you fall, commit to getting back up. Right? We're all going to fall. There's nothing. There's no shame in that. The only shame is not doing anything about it. So just get back up, go and repent again. So guys, I hear that music. Look, Jesus has given us a simple process for becoming a disciple. Step one's repentance. Apply these thoughts we've shared today and start down the path of discipleship. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord Jesus, so many of us have made mistakes in our lives and have found ourselves far from you. It's easy to get caught up in regret over those mistakes instead of taking action to do something about it. Help us to remember that the path to true discipleship starts with a firm decision to turn from our sinful way of life. And Lord, whenever we're tempted to stay in regret instead of moving forward in repentance, remind us of the need to amend our lives and to seek your mercy and forgiveness. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com. Or send us an email at Just a guy in the pew at
1: gmail.com.